For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, December 8th, 2018. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...more essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Good Saturday morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm your host, Nick Antonucci, joined by a big team today. Uh, we've got Melanie Wells, hey, CFP from our, financial, from our uh, planning department, DJ Barker, managing associate from our planning department. Hello, hello. And then my fellow research analyst... Jacob Keane. What's going on? Big boys today. Thanks for being here, got guys. Everybody. I mean, it's a full house oh, yeah, today. It is a full house. When's the last time we have four? I, I can't remember. It's been a while. We don't do that too often, but I feel like what's been going on in the markets this week kind of called for a second second body from research. I don't understand. What are you talking Troy's about? Here, is so. something happening in the market? Are we... Oh, no, just, no, you know, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. stop uh, looking, yeah, close your yeah, eyes. Yeah, there we go. I thought we weren't supposed to it. open up the statement a bit about this time of year. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's a smart move. Just don't it's the holiday season. Don't worry bad. about it in December. It has been an interesting week. Um, you know, we had the G20 meeting last week. It seemed as though, uh, I guess, tensions regarding a trade war were kind of put to rest to some extent. We, well, we there agreed was, there was going to be the 20, uh, an extension of the... Uh, Deadline before the 20, what is it, 25% increase in tariffs happened? Right, right. In January, it was supposed to kick into the 25%. And now it would be, what, March? Tariff increase, yeah. It was a 90-day delay, so that extends it out to early March. Um, But we've had some news since then. Yeah. We have. It was interesting last night. You know, it's it's funny. I got a text from Jacob, and it said, CFO of Huawei, one of China's biggest tech companies, was just arrested in Canada by the order of the United States and is facing extradition back to the States regarding um, violation of sanctions that we have in place against Iran. Right, right, right. And and the little caveat to that is this actually happened on, what was it, December 1st? Yeah. It, so I as they were holding too. talks with China, they did not disclose that this was happening. Correct. China has just now figured out found out about this i'm sure president um, trump had no idea while the talks were going <laughs> <laughs> so could i i mean some of some of the tariff discussion has been around uh ip i was thinking that this was going to be maybe you know intellectual property related right but it, it definitely feels like a chess piece in in the in the greater move here and the market response you know today oh, you know that it's been significant yeah, yeah. You know, this this week as a whole, if you look, uh, we're down 2.23% this week, the last five days. So it's been a substantial pullback. And it seems as though the market is so quick to move on any type of news, whether it be positive or negative in regards to trade. You know, there wasn't – the only message that came out of that G20 meeting was that, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk. 
Right. There right, was right. no plan no whatsoever. Real. Yeah. Yet markets rallied in response to that. Now you have this arrest and markets plummet. Yeah, and I think some of that might just be thin markets overall. Now that we're getting you know towards End the holidays the season, so it's a lot of more event-driven strategies taking over. I mean, there is the discussion around algorithmic trading, sure. a lot of stuff of this nature. But I think that's just one of the stories. I mean, we had we had uh, the Fed meeting, right? Yep. Language changed around that. I mean, a little more dovish. Right, right. It, it was a rally it, around it. It was, yeah. It, it initially, initially the talk was we're a good ways off the neutral rate, basically the rate that we expect the Fed funds should be in a neutral environment. Then uh, a, a month, month later, later, one month later, right. So the markets kind of right now. I mean, if you look at bonds, if you look at the where the way the ten years trading, it feels like they're kind of calling the Fed's bluff. I mean, I'm looking at base case for. Most analysts on the street, they're talking two hikes next year. Right, and that was down from the expectation of potentially four. Another one in right. December, which that's come down. That's probability for that's in the 60s now. Right. Um, and I think if you continue to see this type of volatility leading up to it, it obviously lessens the chance, the, the likelihood of that actually happening. Um, but like you said, yeah, I mean, bonds are speaking. You had the 30-year the come down to – or the 10-year rather come down to 285 today. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really where all the action's been. I, I find it interesting and in that we're kind of seeing a flip from we had some volatility in February, right? But that was before emerging markets started to fall apart. That was right. before foreign developed markets started to fall apart. And that was on rates moving up. Now we have some volatility on rates moving down. You're starting to see a little bit of disruption in credit. I mean, if you look at the high yield corporate Absolutely. credit space, spreads are widening there. And we even saw um, just this week the five-year Treasury yielding less than yielding three less year. than a three-year. So yeah, a little yeah, bit the, of an the inversion, inversion there. talk is coming. You're yeah. hearing if you turn on the news, any financial news, you're going to hear them talk about it. Now you haven't seen it so far. It's flattened, but you haven't seen you know the the twos move above the tens, anything like that. Although no, the spread it's close. It's has close. gotten very and, and, close. And, 11, 12 basis points. I feel like. I feel like that's an interesting discussion to have because a lot of the pundits, they'll sit around and say, oh, well, if the yield curve inverts, it means the recession is imminent. But let's think about what that's actually saying if, if, if you just want to look at the three-year and the five-year, right? Part of what is baked into the yields is growth and inflation expectations. Sure. So if, you're in, if in years one through three, your growth and inflation expectations are higher than in years four through five, then you would see – the three, recession. You would you would see a five year tr trading at a lower yield than a three year. So sure. it kind of feels like the market getting this idea that the Fed's going to pull back at some point, maybe maybe next year, maybe the year after that. But that we're getting closer to that recession possibility moving into 2020, 2021. And, and related to what you just said, what does that tell you? Really, the slowing is going to be in those years four and five, then, if you think about it from that, that context, right? Right, right. Well, yeah, and, and the market pricing of bond yields is going – I mean, you would think is the consensus. So I'm sure there's some divergence of, of opinion, but when you see you know, market pricing of bonds, it looks like that. I mean, it's basically saying the consensus is we have recession in – 2021. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, th look at things going on in the economy. You've got the potential negative impact of a trade war. You've got fading stimulus here. You have rising short-term rates, declining bond buying by 
central banks across the world for the most part. Business investment is slipping a little bit. So there are some negatives. But if you look at kind of the core economic indicators here, at least, nothing has really started faltering yet, I wouldn't yeah, say. Yeah, and that's what I think is kind of interesting is, is, is typically typically the way we like to think about it is, is – is, uh, the economy is going to kind of give us some signs that, you know, equities are going to be pressured. The asset markets as a whole are going to be pressured. You right. know, we're going to see an economic slowdown, and that normally pressures, you know, the investment appetite, right? But I almost feel like this could has the potential to run in reverse and that we've had this kind of high-flying bull market. Mm -hmm. U.S. is excelling, you know, economically. You've got Main Street that's that's – in a better in, in in better shape now than they've been Absolutely. in a long time. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I mean, valuations are a bit stretched. So I feel like it, it it's only a matter of time before you know there is a reversal because we have seen tightening of financial conditions, and it's that's going to be difficult to manage. You know, around the the next few years, the way things play out. It is, and I, I want to point out, point out two things. Something you just said: Main Street's in better shape than they've been in a long time. And it's something you and I talked about yesterday or the day before. When, when the next recession does come, because it's inevitable, it's going to happen, right? What's different between last recession and this recession, the great financial crisis, is you had consumers levered to the brim, right? Right. This time it's kind of shifted. You've had these, this low interest rate environment, and corporations have been the ones just loading up on debt. Meanwhile, consumers are in better shape than they were back in the recession. So – I think you said it something along the lines of you kind of get that transitioning of wealth in, in, in some sort of way because the rich are going to be more affected by this recession if it's, if it's you know, more capital markets focused. Yeah, and those, well, those are the ones with more wealth invested and, and stand to lose more. Think about uh, – don't worry about your own political opinion, but think about the, the policies – that won the election, right? It was really let's get some earning power, let's put people back to work, let's get some earning power back on Main Street. Well, think about what that does to corporate profitability. We're sitting at a point where we, we're seeing profit margins higher than they've ever been historically. Right. Corporations have benefit benefited from low uh, financing rates, being able to being able to issue bonds at yields that are low. That's reversing, and we're also seeing wage growth pick up. So I think you could have a situation where Profitability, earnings growth does falter in the markets, yeah, but they, I think so. the actual economy isn't really in that bad a shape. It just kind of reigns in a little bit of the excess and the valuations, and we're starting to see some of that rotation. You know, some of that, some investors looking for more typically more defensive type positions. Yeah, those value names, absolutely. I mean, you look at utilities on a day when we were down. I don't remember if it was Tuesday, um, but utilities were the sole positive sector. Um, and that's a trend we've seen reversing, like you said, those defensive sectors, value stocks finally outperforming growth for a little while. So I think that's a trend, like you said, you'll, you'll continue to see. Yeah, abs yeah, absolutely. And I'd, I'd say, I'd, I'd say just as a word of advice, if you are holding corporate credit, high yield credit, that sort of thing, that's something to look at. Maybe there's better opportunities getting in the treasury market in CDs, like we've been buying lately. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I want to continue this conversation after the, after the break, but let's take a break here in case we We'll be right back.
Welcome back. You're listening to Money Talks. I had to throw that song in there. It's great. Jacob and I's thing anytime we're on the radio show together. <laughs> Troy, does, Troy doesn't know what they're saying. To be honest, I don't either. No. So it's, uh, he always gets frustrated when we're on with him and we make him play it. So, Troy, if you're listening, <laughs> that's for that you. for you. <laughs> we love you. We miss you. <laughs> I do love that song. <laughs> See, it's a good one. It's one of the newer songs we have on, on the board. But anyway, to jump back into things, we're talking about kind of the economic picture that we're in right now, especially, uh, you know, as we have these volatile days in the markets, big upswings, big downswings, seems to be more, more down than up uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, and we mentioned earlier on, you know, the yield curve inversion and how everyone, they hear yield curve inversion. Oh, the recession's here. And that's, that's not necessarily the case. It's not a cause for panic. That's an indicator. That right. is not the indicator, right? Right. I mean, there's... there's, there's there's a number of things we look at. There's a number of things we look at for cyclicality. Um, really, I mean, to hammer it home, to reinforce what we kind of already discussed, I mean, most of what we're seeing, Nick, is, is going to be bond market related, looking at corporate credit, looking at, you know, the shape of the yield curve. But all the other things look really positive. You look at, you look at unemployment. Still I mean, low. Still low. Not we'll gonna, I can tell you right now, you're not going to get a recession from 3.7% unemployment. It's no, never and, happened. It's and never we'll, going to happen. <laughs> we'll have another employment release tomorrow. We right. get the, uh, what month is it? December. So we'll get the November jobs report tomorrow. Um, expectations are for another, you know, 185,000 jobs to be added, another great number. Um, so you're right, no cracks in unemployment. Uh, wage growth is finally picking up. Right. Retail sales look strong. Consumer confidence is there. Um, activity has been excellent. I mean, we, we got, this week, we got ISM manufacturing. Big bounce back. For yeah. November, uh, yeah. we saw that increase to 59.3, which, I mean, these are, we're, we're getting spoiled right now, honestly, yeah, what, but these are, these are massive numbers, you know, relative to history. Uh, yeah, I, the services side, too, uh, surprise on the upside. Uh, we got that, what, yesterday? Or was that, that was today, ISM service surprise on the upside, um, being consensus expectations, which called for declines. Right. Instead, it rose 0.4 to 60.7 over the month. Um, Generally positive details, and you know the services sector of the economy accounts for 88% of GDP. So strong number out of both manufacturing and not and uh, services. Right, and 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 the other thing, the other thing that I do like to see. I mean, we're we're sitting here covering you know the whole tariff situation, but if that's ever resolved, that's a game changer for you know global capital markets. If you look at the performance of some of these countries that are affected by the tariff, sure. And it's it's tough to play these sort of things because on one hand you see some indicators that that say all right get defensive right especially in the bond market right but you have these wild cards like trade all it takes is some positive comments whether there's it's material or not mm-hmm. out of Donald Trump to, to come out and say oh we're making progress and the markets take gonna, off again yeah they're going to respond well that's that, that's the thing, but you don't want to trade uh, no, no, trade no, around no. this. You don't want to change your strategy around Absolutely this. Not. I think I think our overall approach, you know, over the past year or two has been to get you know incrementally more defensive as we get later into the cycle. But I mean, we're not foreseeing doom on the horizon. We just think that it's it's a prudent time to you know sell some of the winners and and look for. Cheap. There, the market's gotten cheaper as a whole. There's it opportunities has. out there. It has. I mean, it, it's it's really we interesting. Looking... If you if you look today, nearly half of the S and P 500 was in bear market territory. Three quarters of it was in correction territory. Seven of eleven sectors in correction territory. So, yeah, things things have gotten much cheaper. 
and in and, the last month. And we were look, you and I were looking just the other day. You know, it's some specific industries. It we're we're talking industries that are growing at double digits. We're seeing we're starting to see growth at a reasonable price come back. I mean, yeah. we were looking at companies at 15 times earnings that have historically grown earnings at nearly 10 percent. That's stuff that we were not seeing no. coming into this year. Peg ratios of sub two, one and a half. Right. That's attractive. So don't get complete. I guess what we're trying to say overall is we're not trying to scare you. I think I think DJ over here was a little worried. <laughs> we're not trying to scare yeah, you, don't. but don't get complacent. Right. But, and, and Look it is for the opportunities to, to touch on because I know we, we tend to have clients call in in times like this. And, and, and Jacob and I were on a call with a client yesterday. And, you know, don't don't completely freak out. Know that, you know, hopefully you have your, your money invested with someone who who is, you know, being prudent and, and paying attention to what's going on, adjusting your investment, uh, your investment portfolio as needed. Yeah, and the, the other thing to keep in mind is we're just we're just kind of being punished for how good of a year 2017 was. I mean, Absolutely. we had no volatility. You're right. <laughs> so you knew it was coming eventually, but to have a 20% year last year and then be flat this year, I mean, it's been a yeah, wild ride, but we're still at 10%. Well, that's what's crazy, right? 2008, we lose... <laughs> 52% of the market, right, in the, yeah. the Great Recession. And now the, it's come back, what, were we for the year? Down. We're up 2% on two, the year on a total return. On a total basis. return. So it's, it's, yes, it's from its all-time high, it's pulled back a little bit. But think about the last 10 years. Things are okay. They've been amazing. They've been amazing. <laughs> yeah. We've had 20% returns for a couple of years. I mean, those are great returns. You know, it's keep your fundamentals. We're just saying, hey, it's a, probably an opportunity to take some Take some things off the table, reevaluate, right. not go crazy. But I mean, this is not a 2008 scenario we're looking at. This sure. is just. I think you have to, you know, temper your expectations after yeah. a 10-year bull market. Yeah, you're not going to get those yeah. 10% annual equity returns for the next 10 years after this. That's just it's it's, it's not reality. No. Yeah, yeah, that, not I, every year we can't forget about that. We I mean, at one, at one point, at one point, we we're pacing at what 17, 18 percent yeah. on the 10-year annualized return yeah if the average is 10 percent and over the past 10 years you've done 17 18 what has what to happen that to get to that <laughs> thing it's not going to be as great <laughs> exactly well so just something to keep in mind overall but and, and all good things to, to cover in a in, a, in a, a, a time like now and you know we talk about rates and it's something an, another kind of crack you've been seeing is the housing market pullback new home sales existing home sales um and as rates have been up lately you've seen Mortgage applications fall. Finally got a surprise uh, this week. Mo uh, mortgage applications moved up during the week, and I think that's probably a direct result of seeing the 30-year fall or 30-year mortgage rate fall like 20 basis points. Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing. You're not telling the whole story if you just talk yield curve, because if it's right. the 10-year yield coming down, well, that makes it easier yeah. to finance large purchases. It makes it cheaper to buy a car and buy a house. It does build a factory. It's one of those things to me, you know, 20 basis points, and you see the spike up. It's obviously there's some effect, but it's hard for me to to fathom that there's people on the sidelines sitting there like, oh well, they came down a quarter of a percent this week. Now's the time. Like, was that the game changer for you? Yeah. To get back in and refinance. You know what I mean? 25 bips. Uh, in the margin, I mean, who knows? Yeah, that's hard to say. It's always, always surprised me. Uh, we had the Beige Book come out this week, basically said that through November, economic activity expanded at a modest and moderate clip across most districts. What this makes me think of, though, is the December Fed meeting, right? 
I'm curious to see if you start seeing the language tempered in a way that they're not as clear with their guidance. Because having Jerome Powell come out, and I feel like he changed the language considerably, not considerably, but enough to change the market in 30 days, maybe it's time to kind of go back to the, the Greenspan way of not being explicitly clear on what you're going to do. Yeah. Because then when you you promise something, essentially, and then last minute you have to change it, it's a lot of un, uncertainty in the market and, and causes situations like we've been having. Um, I don't know. Just my thoughts. I'd be curious to see if that happens. Yeah. Well, I, I think they have space to be accommodated if they want. It's not like inflation's running yeah. out of control here. Absolutely not. I mean, oil oil's come down to $50. I mean, that's... That's one of the inputs. Yeah, that's, into exactly, the and, right? and you see it continue to fall, especially what's going to happen with Saudi Saudi Arabia um, now saying we're not going to cut production as much yeah. as we said, um, and then big change in OPEC. Um, who, who's who's leaving OPEC? Uh, I didn't remember Don't who it is. This, yeah. this week it's we have one country I pulled out. I know. Who's, who's leaving OPEC? I, it's uh, was it not Russia that was? No, no, no. no, 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 no. To, I'm have to come back. We'll come that. back with an answer. <laughs> Um, but to close out the economic indicators for the week, uh, productivity growth was strong in the third quarter. Um, not enough to really be a trend yet, but you saw non-farm uh, productivity rise 2.3%. Productivity was up 1.3% on a year-over-year basis. Factory orders were down a little bit after two consecutive monthly gains. So, again, it's a down month, but the, the trend has been positive overall. You did see durable goods orders decrease 4.3% from the previous month. As I mentioned, uh, you saw rates kind of fall across the board. Uh, 10-year Treasury rate fell almost 20 bips. I'm sorry, the 30-year fell almost 20 bips. Same with the 10. Yeah, big move. Yeah, huge move in interest rates. So um, it's going to be interesting with the employment situation tomorrow. Um, I expect that it's, it is going to be a solid number. Uh, obviously, if it's a miss, it could cause some more volatility in the markets. But all in all, like we've said, don't, don't panic. Don't, don't shift your investment style too much just out of sheer panic because the market – comes back down to an attractive valuation. Who was I've it? got it. Qatar. Qatar. Yeah, I know. 60 years. They've been in for 60 years. They're coming out. January 1. Russia. Yeah. Russia's not even in OPEC. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, they're leaving OPEC. Well, at least that's, you threw something out there. That's why we don't have four on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're there. exactly. Yeah, Russia's not in anymore. And they weren't either. also leaving OPEC. That's right. Well, guys, probably a good chance to take another break. When we come back, we're going to dig into our weekly financial situation with DJ and Melanie, kind of some end of year uh, moves you should be making. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Talks. Typically... You would Love have it. had the dog of the week by now. And if you're missing that... Don't worry. It's still to come. That's right. We're just We're keeping just, you around. Yeah. Just hang out, enjoy the show. Got to be some reason to listen right. to the last segment, right? That's right. It'll be the, there will either be a, the dog of the week or a solo. One of the others. One of those two. <laughs> right, I'm of not those sure two. which of you singing, but for the sake of <laughs> listeners, it Let's won't be me. Let's the dog of the week. <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing. Well, as you listen to this show, um, if it triggers something in your own mind, you have some questions you want answered and you need some personal help, feel free to reach out to us at 770-429-9166. 
uh, we'll be happy to put you in touch with an expert that can help you with your specific situation. But guys, as we talk about kind of, you know, what markets are doing, pulling back, it's the end of the year. Let's kind of talk about some year-end financial review, some year-end steps you should be taking from a financial planning standpoint um, as we do close out 2018. Yeah, now's the time, right? We're we're just a few weeks away from a new year, which is crazy to think about. So, um, yeah, I think what we need to do is talk about, you know, big picture. I know we kind of got into some scary situations there with Nick earlier, so let's let's mm-hmm. bring it bring it to well, real world. I mean, goodness also, gracious! Let's look at the positive aspects of <laughs> those. Bad That's things. right. This is an opportunity. The market has sold off. What does that mean? You have losses more That's than right. likely. Tax loss. It's time to sell for a loss. Yes, it may hurt performance, which we talk about a lot with our clients. Right? They, you know, they're in this to make money, but you know, really strategic. You want to take some losses throughout the year to to offset any potential gains that, that we're going to have. So now's the opportunity to reevaluate your situation, take losses. Um, you have to remember the wash sale rule, right? You don't want to purchase the security back. Thirty days. Thirty days. So you wait thirty-one days before we buy back on the tax loss. So and typically, what we recommend if you're selling it, let's say you're selling out of um, XYZ healthcare stock that's that's sold off, right? You have a loss in it. You said, I'll recognize that. I'll take that loss, sell out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I do with the proceeds? Right. So you have options. I mean, you could sit in cash if you wanted to, or you can buy a sector ETF. And what you'll do then is you maybe you don't have it's only a small portion of that ETF. You still have exposure to that yeah. security, and you're you're benefiting of if that sector as a whole performs well in the 30 days that you're you're you know on the sidelines, you get to participate in the upside there. Obviously, it could go down as well, or you could just put it in an index fund like uh, SPY, you know, an S&P 500 fund. So you're still the money's still in the market. It's just in something that's substantially different. So for tax purposes, you can sell that security to loss reinvest the proceeds in something. And then, like you said, in 30 days, we can sell out of whatever that placeholder was and, and enter back into that original the position, original. XYZ Healthcare. And stock. it's not that we don't like whatever the security is potentially that we sold. It's just a tactical rebalance to make sure we're taking advantage of the loss. Now, that's if you own the actual individual common stock. What about mutual funds? Uh, so if you own mutual funds, there's going to be a taxable distribution, I would imagine. Yep, and from the mutual fund recognizing gains gains throughout the year, things like that. And it can be substantial in a lot of cases. Yeah. So you want to look at, you know, a couple things, you know, are you, are you reinvesting into the security? So if you have mutual funds, the net asset value every day, if you're having those, you know, bought back, or if you're having dividends paid to cash, that's going to make kind of a difference, right? Because they can pay in either cash or back into the fund, that mutual fund. So let's, let's see what the difference is here. The, The tax benefit is if you don't reinvest, is that let's say I have a, a mutual fund with a net asset value of $10, $10, right? It pays a 10% distribution, so I get a dollar in cash. At that point, the net asset value of that mutual fund is $9. Nine bucks, yeah. if, if my cost was, let's say, nine fifty, I now have a loss. In all reality, I got that dollar back. Right. I, I got 50 cents more than, than I initially put in. But for tax purposes, if you didn't reinvest that back into the security, you can then sell that mutual fund, leave it gone for 30 days, and go back and, and buy it after that 30-day period, you're back in it, and you've, you've realized a loss that in all reality, on a total return basis... It wasn't necessarily a loss. a loss. Yeah. And be watchful of those things, because those distributions can hit you and cause some tax headaches. So what you can do is look at the mutual funds that you have. You know, Be aware, do you have it set for dividend reinvestment? Yep. Uh, if, if you do, you, maybe you want to change that. At least look at the fund website 
there'll be a, a uh, document listed on the website somewhere that'll say their estimated distribution. So at least you know in your head what you can expect in, in, in the form of a distribution and how that's going to affect your tax Absolutely. situation. Absolutely. And we like, here we like, you know, planning purposes, we like distributions to pay to cash anyway. So obviously we don't, re, you know, dividend reinvest, you know, have it pay to cash. Once you have cash, one, if there's a tax liability and you, if, if maybe you don't have the money to sell a mutual fund because of their, you know, if you, if you have to sell and there's a large commission, you know, some of these mutual funds charge 50 bucks to get out of it. If it's not worth it, you guys got to do the math. If it's not worth it, then at least if it pays in cash, you can use that cash to either pay taxes or move into something else. You yeah, can buy a different security to help with the uh, the allocation. Yeah, that's a great point because there are funds that do have uh, you know back end loads. Yep. So maybe you owe five percent when you when you sell when you it. Sell it. So a you lot definitely of those kind of diminish over time depending on how long you've owned it. But all things to be mindful of. Yeah, definitely make sure if it's mutual funds, you're you're looking at that. Uh, something else, required minimum distribution. So obviously December thirty first, if you have inherited IRAs, if you have any traditional IRAs, if there's a, a distribution coming from that account, you want to make sure that 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 distribution is taken in full. There's a 50% 50% tax if you don't pull that money out of the, the IRA. So penalty. that is pretty severe. So yeah, review the in, money away. At that yeah, point. review those distributions. I know for our clients we're we're definitely on top of that pretty yeah. pretty big. Yeah, and and you know last week we we talked a lot about ta- tax implications and kind of end of year tax moves. Mm-hmm. We won't get too much into that, but uh, there's plenty of other you know financial plan, planning related topics to to cover at the end of the year. It's the end of the year, start of a new year. Yeah. Um, review your estate plans, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Beneficiary designations, it's always, we always you know, harp on this. If, if it's been a couple years since you've had an estate plan review, uh, if you've had any uh, you know, additions to the family, if you've had any deaths, obviously, mm-hmm. you're going to want to make sure that we're always reviewing the estate plan. Make sure your document's in order. Make sure your beneficiaries are in order. It's a new year. It's start to, you know, what can we do this year to help for next year as well? Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, what about end-of-year uh, retirement contributions? We've got, yes, so we've got your tax deadline. Generally, you can have your retirement, um, you know, IRAs, Roth IRAs. Um, You've got, you know, until your tax deadline to make those. But um, $5,500 is the the contribution limit for 2018. If you're 50 years and older, you get another $1,000. So up to $6,500 for 2018, uh, and you have till... Uh, the tax deadline. So generally speaking, you're going to have till April to make that prior year contribution. But if you're sitting on the cash, it's go. You know, the market's pulled back. If you're sitting on cash in your checking or savings account, go ahead and make that contribution now. You can put that money to work for you in growth investment since there's already been a pullback. You know, it's a nice opportunity to to again use sure. that cash to your advantage. It's not getting anything in your savings account. And that makes me think something else. Something else. Uh, our producer Kelly Lynn talked about uh, Roth uh, conversions. Good, right. good time to do that. Maybe if you have some losses, if you've sold for tax, tax loss, right? So let's say you have that that Roth conversion and and yeah, you, you can have, you so have you taxes do at that point, yeah. right? So you, you have if you take enough losses, you've got yeah, you've got enough losses that that you've got you know maybe a carry forward, right? You can carry forward so much three thousand dollars a year going forward, right? So you got too many losses. Maybe you want to do a backdoor Roth, meaning you you make an IRA contribution uh, to a traditional IRA and then you quickly. 
move that cash back over to a Roth IRA. Uh, you're going to have to pay the tax on that contribution. So that $6,000 is now taxable. The 5500 or the 6500 contribution is going to be taxed uh, as a conversion. So, you know, if you've got some carry forwards, well, that $30,000 just used itself to offset some of the gains or the, the tax liability that you're going to have. So some of that strategic planning where maybe your assets, your your contribution limit is too high. You can't make that Roth contribution, but this is a way to do that. You make a non-deductible IRA contribution, use some of the losses somewhere else to offset set some taxes. So definitely some planning considerations all over the board here. Yeah. And, you know, it's something we talk about frequently and, and it's not it's it's not as filler. It's because it's important. It's 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 the year end, but rebalancing your portfolio, especially considering what what you've seen. Had you rebalanced your portfolio midway through the year, the sell off in tech wouldn't have hurt quite as much. You'd be yeah. back in line. Um, so you know it's it's still not too late. Keep an eye on your portfolio, right. especially as you you head into the end of the year, and you know make changes where necessary. If you are managing your own portfolio or you just have index funds. Um, hopefully whoever's, maybe it's, it's a robo advisor. They should be doing that for you automatically. But you know, if you manage your own portfolio, whether it's your 401k, go on there and click the rebalance button. It's simple. It is simple and it can add a lot of value to your portfolio. Yeah. You've got to rebalance. And I know we, we harp on it, like you said, I mean, but it's so important to continue to, to think about, you know, what was it? What were the returns last year in the IT sector? 32% 32% or something like that. I mean, high, it was yeah, high 20s. Yeah. So, you know, so what? You paid 10%. You were up 32%. You paid, now you're going to be down, you know, a little bit less. So you definitely have to keep these. Every, you know, when there's a pullback, it's just a different opportunity for a different sector. DJ, you're sounding like you work in research. Don't let the test. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Wag the investment dog. I'm telling all you. The, all the time, we, we, we'll make a portfolio change. Nobody wants to sell something because there's been appreciation. But what do you want to do? You want to hold it until... You know, it falls back down to to where you bought it. Then then you don't have a tax situation, but you've given but away you've all given your away gains. all the gains. You 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 could have had yeah. It's and we have this conversation. I'm on a daily basis with our clients. Clients want to make money. Yeah. Clients do not want to pay taxes, so they. And will, I get and, it. And we I have get the, it. I get it too. I get it. But, but it you doesn't have work. To, it do, if you're in it to make money, I'd rather pay ten percent than lose thirty two percent on the on the profit. You and know? that's why you can use you situations gotta play the game. like this to offset some of that. Yeah, you know, exactly. may, use these these losses you're harvesting and and sell some of the stuff that you should have sold a long time ago with huge gains. Yeah. You know, you you can minimize some of that. Well, guys, uh, you know, I think it's another good time to take a break. What we'll do is we'll come back and uh, do one of my favorite segments. Take some listener questions. Here we go. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Finally that time, so after this you can turn off your radios, I guess, Oh, right? and I was going to do a what, solo. What more is there to hear? Man, oh well. Sorry next time, next show, next, next show. Well, the dog of the week this week is more, the dog of the week is how everyone is so hypersensitive. Now, I'm going to try and tiptoe oh, yeah. to get my point across. Yeah, I, I'm already offended, I and I haven't heard anything what's about to happen, but I'm not happy already. I'll There's tell you that. two stories this week that just... Show me how hypersensitive everyone is now. So the first one is... All right, here we go. PETA gets dogged for tweet-demanding end to anti-animal language. Okay. So apparently it's now offensive, uh, the saying, kill two birds with one stone. So what PETA's done is they've suggested an alternative saying, let's feed two birds with one scone. I dare you to break that out. Break that out on someone and just see the reaction. I'm curious. (laughs) Be the guinea pig. 
You know, why don't you be the guinea pig? Be the test tube. Couple more. Beat a dead horse. Feed a fed horse. Wow. Okay. Bring home the bacon. Bring home the bagels. Oh, boy. And lastly, take the bull by the horns. Take the flower by the thorns. Wow. Yeah, vegans, that it's vegans it, could. Uh, yeah, you can definitely see. Right, you know, right. I'm. What about? I mean, I like. I like carbs. What are you saying about that? Now that's a weight issue. Are you saying if I am carbon up, what? I don't. What are you saying about me eating bagels, man? It just blows my I mind. Know, that I know that's these, true. It is a little these sayings now. Uh, yeah, we'd prefer if you didn't say those anymore. And and then the other. Well, you're story. not actually beating a, a dead horse, right? I mean, you're not. You're just oh, saying. You don't. When you say that, you don't typically. I mean, I'm not actually, actually doing gonna, it. Oh. I'm not actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I know. So you know, I'm not actually going to do harm to a guinea pig. I'm just saying the term. You know, huh. right? I, goodness. Yeah, Maybe we are definitely we're living in a society where it's a little sensitive. Well, then you also got we've the got Christmas songs. It's the holiday season. That's oh, right. Yeah, I had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah. Well, now so, now there's a, there's a, a handful of Christmas songs that are no longer politically correct or not acceptable, right? Right, so baby, it's cold outside has been and taken. And that's been questionable for a while. I get that. I get one. it. I get There's, it. Yeah, but, but the I new came what? across something pretty funny yeah. on Facebook today, which you know it alluded to that being just a little bit ridiculous, like a lot of this is. But some of the other ones, you know, were pretty funny. So, for example, White Christmas. I guess we can't do that because it's racist. Okay. We can't All have right. a White Christmas. Nope. Nope. Um, let's see, Frosty the Snowman. Well, that's sexist, because what about the snow women? Mm, yep, I see that. I'm I sure see that. That's uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, we can't be bullying uh, Rudolph. We are, yeah. Oh, bullying. And He's got a red nose. I mean, what's the problem? Um, I saw see. Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Oh, that's, right? oh, that's that, exactly. that is cheater. You can't have that going on. I mean, what would <laughs> my children say? It's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. There's no ill intent in any of these things. It's just, a, it's just a fun... You know, I mean, well, yeah, it's just a fun time of year. Let us. <laughs> well, enjoy. it was. Now it's not. <laughs> now, 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 now I'm not happy. Everyone's getting cold because <laughs> I can't have my Christmas carols. But anyway, what yeah. a world we live. Yeah, in. it's here we go. Well, and you can send your nasty emails to the neck here, folks. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah exactly. Send the hate mail. Yeah, Peter can send the the dog of the week. We'll go to Nick. All those, all the hate mail. Thank I will you. be the, yeah the dog yeah. next week. Speaking of sending hate mail, don't send us hate mail. But no. before we get into some listener questions here, send us your questions. You can email them to us at drgene at hensler dot com. That's h e n s s l e r dot com, or you can call our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine Nine one six six. So, with that being said, what better time to dive into some listener questions? All right. First one, Dennis from Marietta. We were blessed with twins via via in vitro fertilization a few years ago. My family has overwhelmed my kids with toys and clothes in the past several years. We want to recommend the, to the family to buy shares of stock for the kids to build them a portfolio. They're at that age where they recognize name brands and logos. Is there anything they might recognize worth buying? So we get this, this question, question all the time. Great in, question. In How fact, do I get my kids include, or I want to have them included in these conversations? I want to get them excited. What do they like? Yeah, and what are they into? That is the best way to yes. invest for a child because it's not like you have this portfolio where you have to have preservation of capital because they're retiring and yeah, you're 10 looking years. at little bits of money. This kid's birthday presents, away. whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's fun right now. You're not. Yeah, don't invest in the, you know, those traditional. You know, look at what they're into. Yeah. So. 
let's throw some names out there. Um, are they a big video game player? Maybe it's EA Sports. Yeah. Maybe it's Microsoft. They're Xbox players, right? You can't get better than Microsoft, yeah. right? Blue chip names. Look at things like that. Disney. Do they love Disney movies? Maybe they love the theme park. Who doesn't love Disney? That's what I mean, saying. come on. Maybe it's the happiest place on Disney, earth. Disney gets it's, it all. It's the sports fan. Yes. You know, ESPN. So figure out what their interests are, and, and then you can explain to them how they actually own a piece of that company. All right. When McDonald's. Disney World. McDonald's. I mean, that's a great, great one. one. Who doesn't go Coke, have... Pepsi, Nike, Hasbro, if they're big into toys. Maybe you're buying for uh, someone who's into Barbies or, or G.I. Joe, things like that. Hasbro. Yeah. So there's a there's ways to make it fun, to educate them, and none of these stocks are outrageously priced. They they go on to note here, you know, I can ask the family to buy shares. I can't ask the family to buy shares of Google at a thousand dollars each, but I can ask them to buy shares of say Coke or the Gap. So yeah, anything that we've just named are all reasonably priced stocks. You know, if if they're over a hundred, it's it's not much over a hundred. Um, so hopefully that that you know gives you a way to sit down. With your, your child, your grandchild, your niece, your nephew. I do it for my nieces every year. Um, you know, I, I kind of explained it to them the first couple of years, and they're not quite interested yet. But I continue to do it because I know eventually they're going to spend time concept. as they're older. Yeah. And let's say college time comes around. They have this money set aside that they didn't even know they had before. Right. So it's something as they grow they'll be, they'll be more thankful for. Absolutely. So, uh, Dennis, That's a great way to think about that, that Dennis. That uh, answers your question. Uh, second question, Ted from Peachtree City. Uh, this is one that interests both you guys. That's right. Um, what do you think of Yeti Holdings? I thought it would be a novelty last year when I heard about their IPO, but they keep expanding their line and brand. Yeah, so Yeti, for those of you who don't know, is a designer, marketer, and distributor of premium products for the outdoor and recreation market. Sold under the Yeti brand. So you've seen the coolers. Coolers. The cups. cups. Everybody the cups. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Exactly. And they're not cheap. They're Let's not. face it. No. These are not inexpensive stainless steel cups. That's right. And That's the, the company's actually, yeah, exactly, new to market. Uh, they just IPO'd October 24th of this year, and the stock's down about 8% from that IPO price, and it's down about 16% off the high, which was pretty recent, but they had an earnings report, uh, their first actual earnings report since the company went public. So is it an um, opportunity, or is this, uh, or do you just buy the cooler and the cups? You know, I actually think there's opportunity here. We wouldn't invest in it just because it's so new to it's market. New. We like yeah. to see companies no kind of have, a, have a proven track record, predictable cash flows, and they did have a rough quarter. Um, what I think was a bit overdone, basically you had a sell-off largely due to a one-time bulk sale of their older older model coolers in the third quarter as they transitioned to new products. You're going to have wheels on sure. the coolers, things like that. So they had the, all this old inventory that they just had to clear out. So they sure. marked it down. Obviously, that, that hit sales. Which you don't see a lot of in Yeti. You don't yeah, see them go on sale, sale ever. Absolutely. Um, so some, some positive Yeti has going for them is that's okay. out of the way, right? It's tailwind to this at this exactly. point. They've got their new brand coming out. They're uh, putting pressure on their suppliers to get costs down. Uh, they're doing a lot more direct to consumer, yeah. so you're buying straight from the Yeti website as opposed to you know the boutiques Having you typically buy yeah. from, um, and that's all helping with profitability. Uh, the street expect twenty expects twenty percent earnings growth for the next two years, and if you look at the price to earnings ratio forward, it's about twenty one, twenty two times earnings. So, as Jake and I mentioned before, kind of growth at a reasonable price. We look at peg ratio. That's about a one peg ratio. That's that's pretty inexpensive. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth with Yeti because right now their market is so concentrated in the southeast yeah. that if you look at kind of like a map where, where, where their sales are, take the southeast out. The rest of there's so much potential market. for growth in the northeast, in the west, um, that I think, you know, I think they can easily hit that 20% earnings growth 
uh, in each of the next two years. So, yeah. you know, when, when you have a growth stock like this that the growth expectations are high, if they do slip and miss that, like you saw last quarter, be prepared for volatility for a pullback, pretty substantial. But I think all in all, the company's looking to pay down debt. It looks it looks pretty Relatively attractive. attractive. Could be could be another you know one of those opportunities to tell a young exactly. young person that for the hey, price of one I'm not, one exactly. Yeti cup, I'm, you can get two shares. Of I'm not going to get like you a cooler, stock. but here's they a couple shares instead. A exactly. different different way to to look at gifting for the year. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Don't buy the cup. Buy a couple shares for the grandkid, and that's uh would be an interesting interesting present. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, guys, unfortunately, you know the talk throughout the the show has been focused on. Uh, the economy. Not unfortunately, it's a That's good. It's a good conversation to have. To have. It needs to be had, especially. Yeah. We're getting like we're now. getting the There's questions anyway. We're getting the questions. We're having the conversations with our clients. It's just different yeah. format. Yeah, absolutely. So unfortunately, we can't get into you know any more questions this week. But uh, as I said before, we encourage you to write in, and if we don't get it to them in that particular week, surely we will in in, in the coming weeks. Yeah. So I guess kind of to close out the show. Um, you know, be watchful of next week's uh, economic releases. The jobs report on Friday will get a better indication. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed the show with you guys. Thanks. It's and which way is the market going next week? I'm saying up. I say down. Oh, uh, boo. boo. Up for me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Money Talks. Have a great week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.